This is in part the story of a family with a lovely summer home that's been in the family for generations and of the great-granddaughter who has settled in turn in the cottage and cares for and about many of the memories the generations have shared from one to another. Very likely there is a family album of photographs of reunions and sailboats and sunsets and so much more on a shelf or table there picked up sometimes to stir those memories. What makes this story different from many like it is the granddaughter we're about to meet. Hetty Bays is a mixed-media artist who works nationally and internationally, though she grew up here in northeastern Pennsylvania. As we'll hear, she was shaped in her understanding of her vocation in part by her intense and intensely talented mother, Elizabeth Shoemaker Bays, an artist. And so it's not surprising that while on one level family snapshots would become treasured, Hetty Bays has gone deeper when sifting through old photographs of folks she may have known or not. She's struck by some of the faces and gripped by the encounter, and it's far removed from biography. It's almost wrestling with the image to explore essence, if we can even use that word. One French philosopher suggests the face of the other that we encounter comes from the beyond and is without a specific origin. It is nearby us, but it never completely arrives because it signifies a trace and a withdrawal from us, which makes it impossible to fully grasp its nature. Words of Emmanuel Levinas. And so seeing Hetty's way, we go beyond our habits and let the faces she opens to us unsettle us, renew us, expand our experience of self and other. What can't be missed is the physicality of these pieces she creates. As the writer Michel Lelis once observed about encountering the pictures of artist Francis Bacon, it's as if the picture had its own life and constituted a new reality instead of being a mere copy or illustration. What we experience is a kind of presence, real presence. Through his renderings, we can somehow gain access direct access to an order of flesh and blood reality that is graced with a wild ambiguity and alluring iridescence that engage our senses in a visceral way. Let's see if we don't get a sense of that as Hetty Bays describes the way she works. It is so fitting and full circle-like that Hetty Bays will show these woven paintings in mixed media at the old Carter Barn at Lake Kerry this weekend, and the public is invited to attend. We had a chance to speak by phone with Hetty Bays about her work and her ties to the region. It's a long time that we've had a connection with Lake Kerry. Actually, at the turn of the century, my great-grandmother, who lived in Wilkes-Barre, took a train. There were trains going to the lake in those days. And she took a train from Wilkes-Barre to Lake Cary. It was a picnic, a church group picnic. 
And there was a big fairground, a picnic ground, and she got out and she said, you know, I have to come back. I have to find a place where I can have my grandchildren get out of the city in the summer where I guess there was an epidemic of polio. And at the time, the rivers and the coal burning, it was rather polluted. And so she wanted to find a place with fresh air where she could raise her grandchildren in the summer. So she got on the train and she bought a cottage. And now it's still in the family. My husband and I are there. We've raised our kids there. And five generations have lived in the same house for over 100 years. So all of my, I mean, my mother grew up there in the summers, her brothers, cousins. The house became a center focal point for everyone in the summer. And then finally one weekend when there were 18 people sleeping in the house, when my parents had finally taken it over, they said, we really need to get cottages for the rest of the family. So they found when places came up for sale, they found cottages for brothers and sisters to buy. So at one point there were about five uncles and aunts with cousins around the lake. And so I I just love it there. I've always loved it there. It's been my dream space. So, yeah, we've been there for a long time, since I was born. Did your mother paint there? She definitely painted there. We have a porch overlooking the lake, and she took that over as her studio. So when I was growing, every afternoon, that was her space. That was her sacred space. And every afternoon, she would go to her studio, which was the porch, and no one was allowed to go on that porch. My father guarded the door if if people came to visit and, and wouldn't let them go out on the porch. I remember once I came to the door and said, Mom, can I have a Coke? I stuck my head in it, and she said to me, you have just broken my concentration. She was infuriated with me. (laughs) So we learned that was her space, and she painted every single day. When you talk about the generations in the original cottage at Lake Cary, there is a sense of history and time passing in this way you managed to take photographs and create remarkable portraits. And there is just a vibration of people being alive even though they're gone. Or maybe we might ask, are they coming or becoming? Mm, mm. Well, that's very interesting that you say that because what started me on doing faces I mean, it's twofold. My work's been informed in two ways. One was working beside women weavers in South Africa when I was teaching workshops there, and I was amazed by their process, and it was a very simple looms that they worked on. And so I I was inspired by their weaving. And then some time passed, and it was really during, I'm trying to think when it was, a few years ago, I was going through a box of old snapshots in my studio that just I happened to be keeping there, For some reason, I found all these people, some of them known, some of them unknown, and I got really drawn in by the faces in these photographs, wondering who they were. Some of them I I did recognize, and I thought, well, what would happen if I tried to combine the weaving with the faces? And that began my exploration of using different, combining a number of artistic techniques with the face. So some of them, I I really, it's interesting you say that they're kind of coming into being. I I don't want them to be necessarily identifiable people, like this is my Aunt Rose. What I'm hoping to do is create a face that 
you're not really sure, is it emerging? Is it evolving? Is it devolving? Who is this person? And I want to maintain that mystery without being a specific person so that it's more of an obscure piece that people can be drawn into and and kind of discover for themselves. Tell us about this weaving and the time that you spent in South Africa. Was it teaching workshops with women who were doing this with you? No, actually, a friend of mine was connected with a healthcare facility in the outskirts of Cape Town, South Africa. It was a facility where this doctor from Cape Town went out into the townships where all the black South Africans were forced during apartheid and lived in pretty much shanty, like shacks, corrugated metal shacks. And this doctor went out and started working with young women and children to provide health care for them. And she built it into quite an organization. And then she realized at one point that the women were healthy, but they had no way of earning a living. So she started a program, a craft and art program. And the first skill that a lot of the women were taught was weaving. I did not teach weaving. I went subsequently over a period of five years, five times. And I taught a fresco workshop and I taught a collage workshop, but the women weavers were right there. We were all working in the same space. And I became entranced with what they were doing because they were working on very simple looms, basically nails on the top of a board and nails on the bottom of a board. And they would string between the nails this different yarns. And then they would weave. Some of the looms were huge to the point where they'd have to stand on ladders to complete the weavings. And one year, my husband, he went with me actually two years, and I said to Jim, go and learn how to weave. So off he went and spent a half a day learning how to weave and how to make a loom. And when we came back to the United States, he built me a very small loom, like a handheld loom that I could work on when we travel. We go back and forth between Princeton, New Jersey, and Lake Cary. So I, I could carry my work with me because this loom was so small and portable. And that's how the process began, and it was informed by these women who are phenomenal weavers. So they get a lot of credit for inspiring my work. It seems like the way you've chosen to create these images is so exacting. You paint the warp and the weft and you put them together? No, everybody wants to know that. Actually, I use a multi-step process. I use technology, and I use... Weaving. So what I I generally do is I find images that I like, and that takes me a long time to find a face that just kind of jumps out at me. Looking at faces, photographing faces, finding old snapshots. Then I will actually put that image into Photoshop, and I expand upon it. I tweak it. I edit it. And then I print out pieces of it and cut up the pieces and weave those with jute Then I take all into individual squares, and sometimes they're like 70 squares that are woven. And then I take those and glue them onto a large piece of canvas. So these are like four and six feet. They're not small pieces. I glue them onto a a big piece of canvas, and then when that's dry, then I paint. I draw on top of them. I splatter them. I kind of dig into the image that's coming out and create a new image or use that as a base. So I use oil pastel, charcoal. It's covered with different materials. And then that is the resulting piece. So it's a multi-step 
process. You must be working with each one for some time physically as you're doing what you've just described for us. Does it become a conversation with these faces coming through or receding as you work with them? (laughs) Do you have a relationship with them in any way? Um, I feel it's more meditative, especially the process. So it's more of an experience of the face. And I can't really say that there are words that I use. It's more I feel the face. When I see a face that I want to do, it it grabs me in a certain way. It's a visceral, initially a visceral experience. Once I've chosen the face, when I'm actually sitting down to weave it, it's, it's a very long process. It takes a long time, but it's also very meditative. So as I'm weaving the face, I'll oftentimes listen to a podcast on meditation or listen to some kind of classical music. Hey, I listen to WPIA. I, I tend to not use a lot of words when I'm, I'm doing this, but it's, I find it a very peaceful process. So then once that part of the process is over, this peaceful process, and I put all the pieces together and I see the face, then it's a completely different, I shift into another gear. I then become very spontaneous. Sometimes I'll go in and I'll just take like red or blue paint and just slap it right in the middle of the face because I find that the face is too, what I'm seeing is too realistic. I want to make it, submerge it and then reemerge it. It's, it's like a whole process almost of destroying and then creating. And sometimes I lose the piece. Sometimes I go in it with oil oils and oil pastels and I completely obliterate the face to the point where I throw it out after weeks of work. That's where I jump off the diving board when I go in with my paints and oil pastels. And I'm never really sure. I'm hoping it will work, but I'm never really sure what's going to come out of it because it requires that I destroy a piece of what I've already put together to make it really feel organic. That takes courage, and that's the mark of a mature artist, the willingness to take that risk. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. It's, It's the most daring part, and I actually do enjoy that part of it. It's the most exciting part. The other part is more meditative and quiet, and then it becomes exciting. Then it becomes, all right, now, now what? (laughs) Now what do I do? It's the unknown part of it, more, more or less. It starts more methodically, and then it ends in not chaos, but more unchartered territory. And I also, at that point, work very quickly. It's like the first part, the weaving is very meditative and slow and deliberate, and the last part is very quick. It's very direct. It's kind of like, you know, my mother was an abstract expressionist, so it has a bit of that. It has that element to it of abstract expressionist painting where you're just going in with pure color, It's color, and it's all about color, and then seeing how that reacts and responds and integrates with what's already there. And you mentioned meditation, meditative state. I looked at number 16 face, 16 face in the images on your website, and that looked a lot like a Buddha. Oh, you know what? I think that was one piece that I did do that is a Buddha. Yes, absolutely. You're right. 
you're right. That was a small piece because I've, I have been involved a number of years in practicing Zen meditation. And as a matter of fact, this whole series in part is inspired by that. And there is a Zen koan that goes, it's called Original Face. And I, I called that series for a while, this whole series of faces, Original Face. And it goes, there is one true person of no rank that is always coming and going from the face of each of us. Look, look. And that just kind of settled with me. And so when I see these faces, that has also informed the approach I'm taking here. Uh, It's inspired me, and I can't even put it into words what that is, but it's that mystery. And it's the, the fluidity and the changing of all of us as we, you know, our, our original self, what is that? The part of it's informed from the practice of Zen. Then we could be in the presence of these faces and experience their presence because with the way you work and your instincts in working with them, there is a presence there, is there not? I do feel that way, and I think I'm hoping the viewer will feel that way as well, that there's a, there is definitely a presence, and different individuals might feel a different presence. They might relate to each face differently. I know some people are drawn to one and some people are drawn to another. And I I gather it's up to the individual how they relate to each piece. But yes, I do feel, I do feel, I feel if I'm I'm successful, if it feels as if there is a presence. And, And it could just be, you know, the color, the color. I mean, if you look at the work up close, it's totally abstract. And you don't necessarily see that on my website, but they're large pieces and up close, it's just color and, and texture. And as you back away, the face comes into focus. So you can be far away and see the face, and you can go up close, and it's just weaving and color. It definitely shifts. Did you use the word flux or how we shift? Is there a sense of that understanding of the world, that the world is movement? It'd be like seeing the face on your canvas we see a world of forms, but when we look really close, we see just a sea of swirling particles. Yes, I love that. I love that, that we're made up of, of all these particles, too, and all these sinews, and, and we shift and change and morph continuously. And if I can capture some of that, that's great. And hopefully I can be successful in that way as well. Now, we are talking about a show that is in a building which you must have remembered from the time you were little, Hetty. Yes, actually, I think my mother remembers this barn, this amazing barn that's at Lake Cary, owned by Douglas Carter Bean and his husband, Louis Flynn. My mother said when she was a little girl at the lake, in the evenings, the kids would walk to the end of the lake where the farm is with pails to get milk. It was a working farm, and Doug inherited it from his grandmother, and it stood there, and I think it was all kind of dilapidated. It was starting to fall down, and he and Lewis spent five years working on a renovation plan. So the barn is just fabulous. It's it's something to just come and see in and of itself, and I, I know that they have plans for different projects going forward, and it's a wonderful resource for the community. And Doug put on a reading of one of his plays 
this summer before, and then his work goes on to Broadway. So we get to see things in the making at the lake, which is phenomenal. Lewis himself is a musician and has composed music to a number of the theater pieces. So we're lucky. It's a wonderful resource. And to know that you have your work hanging in a space that your mom knew as a working farm where she and her friends would go get pails of milk. (laughs) It's pretty phenomenal. It really is. There's definitely a deep, long historical connection here. Now tell us how we can see the show and what are the particulars? All right. There's an opening reception on Saturday, August 21st from 5 to 7 p.m. with refreshments. And there are additional hours on Sunday, August 22nd, from 3 to 5 p.m. The barn is located at 235 Shore Drive in Tunkhannock. The address is Tunkhannock for GPS. And it's up for two days. It's a short show, but it's, it's going to be really interesting. I'm hanging some of the large faces will be hung from beams in the barn And I think it's going to be quite dramatic just going into that environment, seeing this barn, this renovated barn, and then with the artwork also in it, it's a very dramatic setting. So I'm thrilled. We are also asking, the event organizers are also asking that people be vaccinated and or wear a mask. Now, do I understand these works are going elsewhere when the show is closed? So I am going to be having a solo show of some of the pieces, a sample of the pieces, a good section of the pieces will be traveling to the Hunterdon Museum of Art, which is in Clinton, New Jersey, for an exhibit that opens in March of 2022. So this is like a sneak, sneak preview. Artist Hetty Bays, a native of the Wyoming Valley who now lives at Lake Cary and in Princeton, New Jersey, She will show her recent work, Woven Paintings in Mixed Media, that she just talked to us about, at the Old Carter Barn, with an opening reception and refreshments this Saturday, August 21st, from 5 to 7 p.m. There will be additional viewing hours Sunday, this Sunday, August 22nd, from 3 to 5. The Old Carter Barn is located at 235 Shore Drive, it's Lake Cary, but the address, if you use your GPS, is Tunkhannock. The event is free and open to the public. For more information, you may check Hetty's website, and that's hettybays.com. And it's H-E-T-T-Y, Bays, B-A-I-Z, hettybays.com, or oldcarterbarn.com oldcarterbarn.com. That's an exhibit of the recent work of artist Hetty Bays, woven paintings in mixed media at the Old Carter Barn at Lake Cary, the Tunkhannock area, this Saturday, August 21st, 5 to 7 p.m., and Sunday, August 22nd, from 3 to 5 p.m. The event is free and open to the public. hettybays.com, oldcarterbarn.com.